And we're black. I mean, we're back. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. Welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend. Yeah, I already said that. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. <laughs> I feel like a robot. Like when I was at Merit's research. Or uh, what did I call it in the book? I jumped. Called it a uh, Ritz Ritz research. Ritz, is that what I called it? Yeah, I think I think that's what I called it. And they used to have us doing them surveys, and it'd be like on a scale of one, yeah, for Enterprise rent a car. On a scale of one to five, five being completely satisfied, and one being yeah, four being somewhat satisfied. Three being satisfied, two being some, yeah, somewhat unsatisfied, and one being unsatisfied. How would you rate your visit with Enterprise Rent a Car? (laughs) Oh, man. Man, that was back in the day. That was fun. I used to work next to my boo, my bae, Katie, my best friend. Yeah, those were the days. With all those Kirksfield townies. What a weird place. Uh, <sighs> Jeremiah chapter 45. The Lord's message to Baruch. Oh yeah, saying my little song to my my cousin. I hope she likes it. I had to clear my my throat a little bit. Speaking of clearing my throat, my bottle of water is way over there on my desk, and here I am lying down. All comfortable. Yeah, I know in a minute I'm going to be a little thirsty. Like physically thirsty. And not the other kind of thirsty. Even though I'm that. I'm really, I'm that a lot. But, uh, yeah. It's moments like this where I wish I had a, a spouse. Be like, hey, all my kids over here. Be like, hey, come here. Hand me that water over there. Wife would be better though, and she could like, she could give it, she could like, hold it for me and everything while I drink from it, and then feed me some grapes. <laughs> and fan me with a big old leaf. <sighs> I feel like I had somebody tell me that I really, like, I can't remember who it was I talked to, somebody I. I dated briefly, I think. They're like, you just you just want a spouse for all the things that they can do for you. And I was like, thinking to myself, pretty much. <laughs> What's wrong with that? They gonna get some, some stuff out of out of the deal too. They gonna give me. I'm the prize in this situation. I have things to offer. I like to serve and give back rubs and foot rubs and 
uh, take out the trash. I can work on a car a little bit. No, not really. But I'll, I can negotiate free oil changes when you buy your car. And haggle prices for you so you don't pay what other people pay. I save you time and money in other ways. All right, here we go. Jeremiah 45. I really, If I really wrote down all the things I have to offer in a relationship, it's a long list. It's a pretty extensive list. That's the thing about being out here in these dating streets. You got to be careful because it will it will like it will do something to your psyche, do something to your self-esteem. Because people start telling you about yourself, what you don't have, what you do have. Or, I mean, not, yeah, some of them will tell you what you do have. Um, or, yeah, you start going on to the apps. I'm not on the dating apps anymore. I got off of all of them. Thank God it's been... I've been at least off of the date naps for at least a month. No, two months. Maybe more than that. I can't remember. I lost count. Uh, but it's one of the best choices I ever made. Because I'm, I'm like, I ain't about to be selling myself like a piece of meat. Like I'm on Room.com or Carvana or something like that. Like I'm a car. Like I'm an old Pinto. Trying to sell myself to y'all. No. You start questioning your value and your worth. Especially when they ghost you. Yeah, that's... That really... But I'm like, if somebody ghost you, clap it up. Go do a dance. Pretend like you're in church on a Sunday at one of them Pentecostal Baptist churches where they dance around. You know, run around the whole church. Do one, Yeah, do one of them dances like David danced. That's one of the best things somebody can do because it's like, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You did me a favor. It hurts a little bit. It stings a little bit because you was fine. You was fine, but you would have driven me crazy in the long run. All right. Enough ranting. The Lord's message to Baruch. This is the word that the prophet Jeremiah spoke to Baruch, son of Neriah. Then then when he wrote these words on his scroll at Jeremiah's dictation in the... Oh, my bad, y'all. I'm jumping ahead. whoop de whoop I think I'm only in Jeremiah 44. Yeah, because the last recording was about the palace of the Negro. My bad, y'all. It's hard. The challenge is I've already read this, and I have all these underlined, these things written here, underlined, so... Ah, uh, yeah, kind of throw me off a little bit because before I was able to tell what I hadn't read because there was no markings on that chapter. And that's what let me know what chapter I was on. But this ain't that, as old dude would say. All right, God's judgment. I don't even know if I use that in the right context, but oh well, we're going to roll with it. God's judgment against his people in Egypt. This is the word that can't, yeah, this is Jeremiah 44 in the Christian standard version. This is the word that came to Jeremiah for all the Jews living in the land of Egypt at Migdal, Taphanes, Memphis, or the palace of the Negro, Memphis, and in the land of Pathros. 
This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. You have seen all the disaster I brought against Jerusalem and all Judah's cities. Look, they are a ruin today without an inhabitant in them because of the evil they committed to anger me by going and burning incense to serve other gods that they, you, and your fathers did not know. So I sent you all my servants, the prophets, time and time again, saying, So I sent you all my servants, the prophets, time and time again, saying, Don't commit this detestable action that I hate. But they did not listen or pay attention. They did not turn from their evil or stop burning incense to other gods. So my fierce wrath poured out and burned in Judah's cities and Jerusalem streets so, they, so that they became the desolate ruin they are today. Verse 7. So now, this is what the Lord, the God of armies, the God of Israel says. Why are you doing such terrible harm to yourselves? You are cutting off man and woman, infant and nursing baby from Judah, leaving yourselves without a remnant. That remnant word, that R word. You are angering me by the work of your hands. You are burning incense to other gods in the land of Egypt where you have gone to stay for a while. If you want to get God angry, boy, you want to get God charged up, we should make a list of things that charges God up when he gets where his anger starts burning. And the biggest one is when you start worshiping and and burning incense and serving and yeah, worshiping and doing all these rituals to other gods. That gets God charged up. You are burning incense to other gods in the land of Egypt where you have gone to stay for a while. Every time I think of God getting charged up, I'm thinking that little little red man from, uh, not red man, the rapper, not Method Man's homie. I'm talking about the little red man from um, Inside Out. <laughs> I want to watch that movie. I asked my kids recently if if they had seen it in a while, and they said they recently saw it. I was gonna watch it with them, so. But I want to watch that again. I might just have to watch it on my own. Anyway, you are burning incense to other gods in the land of Egypt, where you have gone to stay for a while. As a result, you will be cut off and become an example for cursing and insult among all the nations of the earth. Have you forgotten the evils of your fathers, the evils of Judah's kings, the evils of their wives, your own evils, and the evils of your wives that were committed in the land of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? Interesting that he brings up the wives. The wives, what were the wives doing? These real housewives of, of Judah. They was tripping. That's what we're going to call this. The real housewives of Judah. They have not become humble to this day. Mm. And they have not feared or followed my instruction or my statutes that I set before you and your ancestors. Verse 11. Therefore, this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. I'm about to set my face against you to bring disaster to cut off all Judah. And I will take away the remnant of Judah, those who have set their face to go to the land of Egypt to stay there. All of them will meet their end in the land of Egypt. They will fall by the sword. They will meet their end by famine. From the least to the greatest, they will die by the sword and by famine. They will become an example for cursing, scorn. There goes that that word. It just means really bad. Execration and disgrace. I will punish those living in the land of Egypt just as I punished Jerusalem by sword, famine, and plague. 
sword, famine, plague. Then the remnant of, remnant of Judah, because that R word again, those going to live for a while there in the land of Egypt will have no fugitive or survivor to return to the land of Judah, where they are longing to return to stay, for they will not return except for a few fugitives. I just started thinking of that Beyonce song. Or Beyonce's child. I'm a survivor. I'm not gonna give up. They ain't gonna have no survivors. Not today. Not today, anime. The people's stubborn response. However, all the men who knew that their wives were burning incense to other gods, all the women standing by at great assembly, and all the people who were living in the land of Egypt at Pathros answered Jeremiah. Mm, what are you about to say? As for the word you spoke to us in the name of the Lord, we are not going to listen to you. Of course not. Of course not. Stubborn. Instead, we will do everything we promise. We will burn incense to the queen of heaven. Mm, the queen of heaven. How is this queen of heaven? And offer drink offerings to her, just as we, our fathers, our kings, and our officials did in Judah's cities and in Jerusalem streets. Who's this queen of heaven? This is where, when, whenever somebody says, I believe God is a woman... I perk my ears up like, are you sure you want to say that? <laughs> oh no. Which God are you talking about? We ain't talking about the same God. Now I always say that God does have some feminine attributes like the Holy Spirit and being nurturing and loving and forgiving and kind and but I wouldn't go as far as to say God is a woman. Because, yeah, anyway, and, and like God's God is technically genderless. If you want to get down to it. It's interesting, though, that. Yeah, that would be an interesting. Research to really research the gender of God, like often he's referred to as the father. And then Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But technically, if you really get down to it, he's genderless and colorless. But, and all that stuff doesn't matter because he's God. He's not like us. He's different. Even though we're made in the image of God. You could go down like some serious rabbit holes of thought and conversation if you start talking about God's gender and his appearance and Anyway, we'll just pay more attention to things when gender is brought up in reference to God. Well, I'll point it out, but I'm not going to like, I'm going to try not to make any, form any opinions or read too much into it. So, hey, listen, look at that. He says father, not mother. <laughs> anyway. Verse 17, instead, we will do everything we promise. We will burn incense to the queen of heaven. I need to research who this queen of heaven is. Who is this queen of heaven? I should write that down so I can research later. Who is this queen of heaven? 
I'm not that I'm not that interested in doing research right now. Then we had then we had enough food. We were well off, and we saw no disaster. But from the time we ceased to burn incense to the Queen of Heaven and to offer her drink offerings, we have lacked everything. And through sword and famine, we have met our end. And the women said. What y'all about to say? When we burned incense to the queen of heaven and poured out drink offerings to her, was it apart from our husband's knowledge that we made sacrificial cakes in her image and poured out drink offerings to her? What you talking about, Walanda? Verse 20, but Jeremiah responded to all the people, the men, women, and all the people who were answering him. As for the incense you burned in Judah's cities and in Jerusalem streets, you, your fathers, your kings, your officials, and the people of the land, did the Lord not remember them? He brought this to mind. The Lord can no longer bear your evil deeds and the detestable acts you have committed. So your land has become a waste, a desolation, and an example for cursing without inhabitant as you see today. Because you burned incense and sinned against the Lord and didn't obey the Lord and didn't follow his instruction, his statutes and his testimonies, this disaster has come to you as you see today. Verse 24, then Jeremiah said to all the people, including all the women, hear the word of the Lord of all you people of Judah who are in the land of Egypt. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel says, as, as for you and your wives, you women have, you women have spoken with your mouths and you Men fulfilled it by your deeds, saying, We will keep our vows that we have made to burn incense to the Queen of Heaven. Like, you basically, like, let's put this on on wax, on record. This is what y'all said. Basically, y'all ain't gonna listen. So, when a whole heap of trouble comes your way, don't say, I, Yeah, I'm trying my best not to tell you I told you so. We will keep our vows that we have made to burn incense to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings for her. Go ahead. Confirm your vows. Keep your vows. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do yeah, Do you, boo. I'm right there in here. Go ahead. Do you, boo. Boo-boo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Therefore, <laughs> I was listening to one of them podcasts, and they're talking about anytime somebody says, like, calls you boo-boo, it's not like a good term. It's, <laughs> it's not like a term of endearment. It's like, <laughs> anytime somebody calls you boo-boo. Hey, boo-boo. All right, verse 26. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord and all you Judeans who live in the land of Egypt, I have. And I want to call this. Now I want to call this one. Do you boo boo? <laughs> Instead of Real Housewives of Judah. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, all you Judeans who live in the land of Egypt. I have sworn by my great name, says the Lord, that my name will never again be invoked by anyone of Judah in all the land of Egypt, saying, As the Lord God lives, I am watching over them for disaster and not for good. And everyone from Judah who is in the land of Egypt will meet his end by sword or famine until they are finished off. Verse 28, those who escape the sword will return from the land of Egypt to the land of Judah, only few in number, and the whole remnant of Judah, the ones going to the land of Egypt to stay there for a while, would know whose word stands, mine or theirs. Okay, we're going to have a test. Let's see. 
You ever gotten in an argument with your spouse and one of y'all was right? <laughs> You're like, we'll see. We'll see. We're going to see. We'll see. We'll see who's right. And then the person who's wrong, you're like, man, why are you always right? I can't confirm or deny that I've been on the right or the wrong side of that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, who's keeping score anymore? That was that was a long time ago. I know. Yeah, I forgot. Forgot all that. All right, verse 29. This will be a sign to you. This is the Lord's declaration that I will punish you in this place so you may know that my words of disaster concerning you will certainly come to pass. This is what the Lord says. I'm about to hand over Pharaoh, Hophra, Egypt's king to his enemies, to those who intend to take his life, just as I handed over Judah's king, Zedekiah, to Babylon's king, Nebuchadnezzar, who was his enemy, the one who intended to take his life. God don't play. All right, Tony, 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 what you got to tell us? Let's go back. Speaking of boo, I wish I had a boo right now to bring me that water from over there. Sitting on that desk. My boo. It's funny when we were younger, you were mine. My boo. Who? Now another brother's taking over. I don't know the rest of the words. Even though we used to argue, it's all. Why would you want to be with somebody you used to argue with? Even though we haven't seen each other in a while, you will always be my boo. You'll still always be my boo. My oh, my oh. My oh, my oh. That's weird. As I'm getting older, like, my song, the jukebox in my head, is getting more and more outdated. <laughs> like, I don't know any of these new songs. I can tell you, like, not one new song on the radio right now. Do people even listen to radios anymore? I can, like, I know some, like, new Christian rap songs out. But I don't know any of this new, like, yeah, it's pop, pop music. None of it. None of it. I know about, yeah, and then, like, the new Donda. <laughs> That's about it. If you fail to learn from the mistakes of those who failed in the past... Be prepared to follow in their footsteps. This seems to be God's message to the people of Judah who had disobediently run off to Egypt. Serving false gods and rejecting God is a sure path to ruin. Hmm. Isn't it crazy? How no matter how hard we try, we a lot of times repeat the mistakes of our parents and our older siblings. That's how I need God's grace. What is that? Um, but it goes the other way, too. When we... We can also, when our parents... We don't have to always follow the same footsteps of our parents. We can start new paths. And then our kids can follow in the good paths, right? 
it may not always do so, but my prayer is that, Lord, even when I, you see me struggling to walk the straight and narrow path, Lord, yeah, just like that, uh, that little whatever saying that they have that, that they put on postcards or whatever they do, Hallmark, you know, the saying, the, the, when the, when you don't see the, when you no longer see the footsteps in the sand side by side, and it's just one set foot, one footprint, one set of footprints in the sand. Man, ooh, struggling to get that one out. When you start seeing one set of footprints in the sand, that's when Jesus carried you. I'm like, I need to be carried. All like, I right now I'm in a season where I need to be carried the rest of the way to heaven. Cause uh, I feel like I like I reached a point of, like I'll never forget. I got a quick story when I'll never forget. Yeah, I took my kids. Our landlord, when he lived out in Denver, he invited our family to. He gave us tickets to a baseball game. Yeah, he had it like that. He was a baller. Anybody who ever bought a house from him or who's renting currently renting a house from him. He bought them tickets to a Rockies game. And so uh, me being Mr. Cheap, for some reason I picked a parking spot. I didn't want to pay for like parking really close. So I picked one of like the little cheap lots that was only like $5 versus like the $30 parking lot. That would have been really close. I picked a little $5 lot that was like maybe... A mile, at least a mile. It was at least a mile from the stadium, I want to guess, right? And it's me and at the time, do we have Ava yet? I don't know if we had Ava yet. We might have had Ava, little baby Ava. I don't know. I wish I could talk to Tish about this. I want that would be funny what she remembers of this story, but it's one of my saddest but funniest stories ever. And, uh, yeah, Aiden and Leah could walk. They were at walking age. Matthew might have still been a baby. So he had to be carried in, like, a carrier or something like that. And I don't think I brought the stroller. I think I just brought the baby carrier. Anyway, I just remember Aiden and Leah could walk, but they were still kind of little that they little legs got so tired. <laughs> they didn't want to walk. They were these little pampered kids. That did, yeah, they didn't want to walk. Um, that was a problem. We should never, never put your kid in a stroller. Like as soon as they can start walking, you start. You make them walk everywhere. Get them legs strong. Anyway, and that way they they'll be used to it. So they were getting acting all tired, and I had to pick them up. I think Tish had to pick up one kid, and I had to pick up one kid. And this is say everybody was miserable by the time we got to the stadium. And it was hot outside. It was at least 90 degrees. And, um, yeah, everybody was miserable and just wanted to go back home. But the whole time you were thinking about the long walk back to the car. I don't even know if I went back to get the car to the van or whatever. I really wish there was a camera following us that day. That was an interesting day. My whole point of that story is, though, when it's when you're uh, hot, tired, and feel like you can't go home, Jesus is like your mommy or daddy who picks you up and carries you. 
I feel that way in my romantic life and in my um, attempt to be pure with my eyes and then just my physical body just always being tired lately and some other things that I'm dealing with just weird things that come with being 35 and aging and um, my spiritual life um, just working driving Uber and thinking about my career just every area of my life you fill in the blank I'm feeling lonely at times Every area of my life, I feel like right now I need Jesus to pick me up and carry me. Like, I just, like, I don't, I just don't want to walk anymore. I feel like we am Aiden that day. I just want to just lay down. I don't even want to walk. I'm just like, I'm just going to lay. We want to just lay here. God, you want to carry my 161-pound self. 161.2-pound self, according to that scale. I need to get back to working out because I used to be like 155. Anyway, I digress. All right. The depths of this crowd's depravity became clear when they claimed that their problems began when they ceased to burn incense to the queen of heaven, a pagan goddess. The unspoken assumption was that worshiping the Lord had gotten them nowhere. Serving him instead of their idols, they foolishly decided was the reason for their disaster. Let me read that again. I didn't, fully, I didn't fully grasp the depth of what he was saying there. The depths of this crowd's depravity became clear when they claimed that their problems began when they ceased to burn incense to the queen of heaven. Mm-hmm. Yep. A pagan, pagan goddess. The unspoken assumption was that the unspoken assumption was that worshiping the Lord had gotten them nowhere. That's always a lie. I think every Christian feels that at sometimes like, God, I'm doing all the right things. I'm going to church. You know, I'm going to all the prayer meetings. I'm serving in church. I'm giving to the poor. I am um, taking care of widows and orphans. I'm taking care of my own kids. I'm, I, ain't, I ain't cursing no more. You know, I stopped listening to secular music. I stopped having sex with somebody I ain't supposed to be having sex with. Like, uh, or if I'm married, yeah, I'm treating my, you know, spouse well. I ain't, I ain't, you know, I'm doing this, 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 and not doing this, 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 this. I'm doing all the right things I know to do. Why, you know, why am I still, why is my life still hard? Why is my life still full of, pain and disappointment and struggles and when does it get easier when does it get better it seems like i should just throw in the towel what's the point what's the point of continuing to follow you guys because it just I, I yeah whether i'm do good things or bad things you know it doesn't seem like my situation gets any better it feels like that way sometimes and you have to trust god that whether your circumstances are good, that's a, one of the hardest things about the Christian life is realizing, like, yeah, once we get to the New Testament, we read about Paul, right? The man was shipwrecked, 
beaten, cursed on, yeah, all people, yeah, people despised. His life didn't get better when he became a Christian. And actually, according to the world's standards, it got worse. He didn't get a nice new car or a nice new, you know, um, horse and buggy, chariot with rims on it. He didn't get, you know, a brand new house. You know, he didn't, you know, he apparently lost his family. He was... A lot of people believe, Bible scholars believe he had a wife and kids. He lost them. We don't hear anything about his wife and kids after he he has his road to Damascus experience. Yes, all these bad things happen to him. Like there's a scripture that lists all the things that bad that happened to him. The times he was whipped, beaten, thrown in jail, and shipwrecked, all that. And he still Counted all joy. He counted it all joy for the sake of Christ, for the sake of the cross, right? And when I look at his life, I'm like, man, I struggle just to tell people in my car about Jesus. Sometimes I, I'm embarrassed to play my little Christian worship music too loud when they're in my car. Um, I struggle just going to church every Sunday. Um, just being uh, a, a okay Christian, right? Like even a, you know, third string Christian. <laughs> I say third string. Like to be on, I'm trying to even make the team. Like be worthy enough to be on the team. Like sometimes I feel like, yeah, I don't even, yeah, I, I don't even belong on the bench. So I'm like, what can times be? I'm like. I honestly, man, as I'm getting older, I like feel like my laziness meter is gone through the roof. I wake up and I just want to roll back over and go back to bed. I don't want to do yeah. I have to these have these little pep talks with myself. Like, get up. Get up, Aaron. God still has more work for you to do. And um Where am I going with all this? My whole point is, like, these people, like, it's the whole conversation, like, what's the point of following God? What are the rewards? It seems like you're constantly worried about, okay, what's the next bad thing that's going to happen in your life, you know? Things, just because you follow God doesn't mean things get better. All Everything's going to be all hunky-dory in your life, right? Some of our, the things, bad things that happen in our life are because of poor choices. Sometimes it's just the way the world is and yeah the devil's out here working our flesh other people's flesh doing crazy things but at the end of the day if we keep our eyes on Jesus it's not going to always make sense but it'll be worth it in the end I promise you there's a reward there's a reward there's rewards there's rewards there's rewards there's that one scripture that says we focus not on what is seen, but what is unseen, because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. All right, what's this little last note? It says the unspoken assumption was that worshiping the Lord had gotten them nowhere. Serving him instead of their idols, they foolishly decided was the reason for their disaster. Everyone.
has had at least one moment like this. It's like, God, I gave up this, I gave up that. And it seems like my life, you know, is good for a little bit, but then, yeah. Yeah, anyway. It's like, God really knows our hearts. He really does know our hearts. He knows what's best for us. And a lot of times, the things going on in our lives, he purposely allowed them because they refine us. And they draw us closer and closer to him to the point where all we want is him. We don't want anything else. We don't desire anything else. When we sing them songs about all I need is you, all I need is you, Lord, it's you, Lord. It's like, all right, do you really, you really believe what you're singing right now? All right, we'll see. The test is coming. All right, that is have it your way. Worship and plead with the queen of heaven. See where that gets you. Let's see, he's talking about verse 25. When they said, this is what the Lord of armies, God of Israel says, as for you and your wives, you women have spoken with your mouths and you men fulfilled it by your deeds saying we will keep our vows. He says, go ahead, confirm your vows, keep your vows. Yeah, God is like, go ahead, do you boo-boo. The leader to whom the Jews fled for protection wouldn't even be able to protect himself. This was fulfilled in 570 to 569 BC when Pharaoh Hophra was deposed in an army coup and eventually assassinated. Lord, thank you for this word. (sighs) Thank you, Lord, you carry us when we feel like we don't have the strength to go on. Help us, Lord, to to not be stubborn to not have that this attitude when you correct us and show us you send people along the way to show us we're going the wrong direction help us to uh to listen and obey listen and obey listen and obey listen and obey and and yeah and when we're wrong to be humble enough to say we're wrong and and just simply say Jesus, even if we, even if our flesh, as my grandpa used to say, <laughs> I don't, um, I know you're right. I just don't want to agree with, just don't want to agree with you. And a lot of times we have that same attitude. We know somebody's right. We know you got are ultimately right. And we just have this attitude where we just want to do our own thing. So help us to even have hearts to just say, you know what, God? Right now, I want to do my own thing. You already know. You made me. You know how I'm wired. You know how my attitude is. I Right now, my flesh wants to do the complete opposite of what you're telling me to do. Empower me by the power of the Holy Spirit to not just remove this obstacle or this temptation, but to for me to stand strong in the midst of that temptation and that obstacle to, and to um to obey you, God, and not go the way of my flesh and to not make excuses for my flesh in Jesus mighty precious name I pray help us not to be like these real housewives of Judah in Jesus mighty name I pray amen
Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, or you've walked away from him, and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen.